The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. New song. We are so glad that you have joined us this morning for our special online service, and thank you so much for being here. My name is Josh Romano. I am so excited to be able to share God's word with you all this morning, uh, but I obviously want to address what most of you are probably wondering, like, why are we meeting online? Uh, I'm sure most of you were probably either contacted or you saw our social media announcement that we made on Friday. Uh, on Thursday, I got a phone call from one of our staff members that they had been exposed to COVID. And uh, we started making some conversations uh, or making some phone calls to have some conversations. And what we realized is we had a little bit of a, a, a decent exposure of our staff to, to COVID. And so what we wanted to make sure that we did was, is we've seen an uptick in the state uh, in COVID cases. And so we think that's probably why. And we decided, you know what, we're going to take this weekend off because we want to make sure that you're protected, you and your family, but we also want to make sure we do what's best for our staff. And so we decided that we're going to meet online this weekend, and I hope that you guys have enjoyed worship this morning and that your kids were able to enjoy uh, our kids' classes that we have online. Uh, But I also just want to assure you, everybody's doing fine. Our pastors are great. You know, our pastors are on sabbatical for those of you that weren't here last week, and I can assure you they don't have COVID. Everything is still good with them. Um, and so we are excited to be able to do this and praise God for the technology to be able to, uh, not just skip church, but be able to have church in home. So again, thank you so much for joining us. And like I just said a moment ago, pastor Josh and pastor Sarah, they are on sabbatical for the month of November. If you weren't here last week, they, they explained that and they talked about that. Uh, and I'm so excited for their sabbatical. You know, as an elder, one of the things that we decided, uh, quite a while ago was that there needs to be periodic time for Josh and Sarah to take time away from the church, take time away from prepping messages uh, and thinking about the next thing with the building or whatever it is, uh, because it's important that they rest. One of the things that we value here at New Song is health, and we want to make sure that you're healthy, but we also want to make sure that our leadership is healthy. And one of the best ways for them to do that is unplug. You know, I was thinking about this. There's a unique dynamic about our pastors. Typically, when Pastor Josh isn't preaching, Pastor Sarah preaches. And so they don't always get a lot of the same weekends off together. So this is a great time for them to be able to have time off together, to connect with each other, to connect with their family, and most importantly, connect with God, because what we want out of this is for them to have fresh revelation, fresh vision, and fresh, wi- fresh wisdom for where God has this church going in 2021. So what I want to encourage you to do over the course of the month of November is be praying for our pastors, be praying that that God would show up in their life in a great way, that they would have rest, that they would have vision, that they would have new wisdom, because I promise you this, we will all be much better for it. And what I want to say to you, Pastor Josh and Pastor Sarah, is thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the staff. Thank you for all that you do. Kristen and I have loved becoming great friends of your all's over the last four years since we've been here at this church, and serving on this team is one of my favorite things to do. And I've said this to you all before, and I'll say it again. If you lined up every pastor, I'd pick you guys, I'd pick you guys every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I love you guys so much. I hope you're enjoying your sabbatical. Well, before we continue in week four of Framing Faith, one of the things that I want to do is I want to make a quick announcement. One of the teams that I get to oversee here at New Song is Outreach. And we've got an incredible opportunity this weekend, actually on Saturday, 
uh, the 14th for you guys to serve. We're going to be serving at the Hope Center, and there's going to be two-hour time windows. A lot of you have already signed up for this, but I want to encourage you, if you haven't, you can quickly shoot an email to outreach at newsongpeople.com. Sign up for that. Maybe your tribe group or your his group or your community group. You guys can pick a couple of people and you can go serve at the Hope Center. We're going to be helping them with uh, their food pantry, helping them with clothes that they give away. And so it's a great opportunity for us to partner with a great organization and really show them uh, the heart of Jesus Christ uh, through New Song Church. And then also, as we approach Christmas, it's hard to believe we're getting close to Christmas uh, but as we approach Christmas, one of the things that we always do is we do a big church outreach. And what we've decided to do this year is really two different things. But the first one is we're going to be partnering with Hope is Alive, which Hope is Alive is a ministry that we partner with that helps pull people out of drug and alcohol addiction. Uh, and they're a great Christian-based organization that we love to support. And then also Real Moms Ministry. They're a Christian ministry that helps support moms who are raising kiddos on their own, single mamas. And so we, we love both of those ministries. And so what we've decided to do is we're going to bless these single moms in these ministries. And what we're going to do is we're going to go collect gift cards at Walmart. I want to encourage you over the course of this week and the month of November is when you go to Walmart, or maybe if you don't go to Walmart, I encourage you to go to Walmart. And that way you can pick up one of these gift cards and bring them back. We're asking that you buy them in $25 denominations. Bring them back, put them in the uh, offering boxes, or we'll have a link on the screen for you guys if you want to give to it. And then what we're doing is on the 13th, you can also sign up to help serve uh, in our kids' department because these moms are going to drop their kids off on the evening of the 13th. We're going to have crafts and fun things for the kids. And we're going to have some ladies take these moms out and help them shop for their kiddos. So it's going to be an incredible time. And I know it's going to be a great way for us uh, to show them the love of Jesus Christ. And then also what I want you to do is grab a pair of socks or a bag of socks while you're at Walmart. Maybe you're sitting here going, what are we getting socks for? That's kind of a weird request. Well, I was talking with Tondurai Basapamoyo, and a great thing that we can do is we can get socks because socks provide warmth in the winter, and I know most of us probably take socks for granted, but we're going to be collecting socks, and then we're going to be going out with a team of, we're looking for 30 people, and we're going to do this in a safe way. We're working with an organization down in downtown, but we're going to be handing out socks to the homeless, and one of the great things that we can do is hand them socks let them know that we're thinking about them, but also let them know if we can pray for them because we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus through our outreach department. So again, I encourage you. We've got three great opportunities. Show up, show out, be the hands and feet of Jesus like I know you will. All right, new song. Uh, I know you guys will be able to do that. So as we move into our series, if you're taking notes, one of the things that I want you to write down is the title of this morning's message is, Are You Prepared? Are you prepared? We're wrapping up week four of Framing Faith, and it's been an incredible series. And the scripture that we've been in this series on is Hebrews 6, verses 1 through 3. I want to read that real quick. It says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. And again, that word perfection there is not talking that we're trying to reach this impossible thing of perfection. What it means is letting us go on to being more mature in Christ, growing in our faith. It says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God or of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, and then the two that we're going to talk about today, a resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment, and this we will do if God permits. So the framework for this series of what we've been talking about is there's these fundamental essentials that God wants us to have before we can go to the next level of spiritual maturity. And, you know, I thought Pastor Josh did such a great job of, of detailing this out in week one, where if you think about 
a house being built or a building being built, they have to first pour the foundation. And it's important that you pour the foundation right because the strength of the structure being built is only as strong as the substructure. And so uh, here's something I want you all to hear. God has big things in store for your life. Regardless of where you're at, God has big things for your life. And it's important that we get these fundamental foundational things. And many of you probably already know these things or do these things well. But for those of you that maybe you don't or, or this is new information to you, what I'm excited about is, is you implement these things. As is, is you make these things a part of your life, God has got greater things for you to go on to. And so again, today we're looking at resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And if I'm being real with you, when, when Pastor Josh first told me, he said, hey, I want you to talk about resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. My first thought was, man, that seems pretty dark. Like, that's, that's not going to be a real fun subject to talk about. And uh, I, I was joking with him. I said, it sounds like a heavy metal rock band. Like, this band, Resurrection of the Dead, featuring their hit single, Eternal Judgment. It's, it kind of has that ring to it. But I can assure you of this. One of the things that I've noticed is I was studying this out and going through it. Man, these two, these two principles actually should fill you with so much hope for what God has in store for all of us as believers. And another thing that it should do is it should also light a fire in you. Because those of us that, we, those of us that know people that aren't believers, this should be even more of a reason to go, hey, I need to tell more people about Jesus because... Man, what's in store for us as believers is great, but unfortunately, what's in store for those that aren't believers uh, is really, really bad. And so we're going to look at some of those things. And as we look at resurrection of the dead, one of the first things that we have to understand is this. We are all eternal beings, every single one of us. Every person, whether you're a believer or not, like there is life after this life here on earth. This is not it. Once you die and go into the ground, it doesn't all end there. And so we have to understand that for all of us, there's an eternity on, on the other side of this life, and, and I want to look at what it says in Romans 10, verses 8 through 10, because one of the things that we have to understand in regards to resurrection of the dead is it's, not, it's, a, it's a principle that Jesus actually laid out himself. He's a first fruit, and we're going to get into that here in a little bit, but it says, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with, the heart one's, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So what the writer here in Romans is saying is one of the things that you have to understand, a condition of salvation is this, that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. So when we, when we talk about a fundamental principle like resurrection of the dead, how much more fundamental does it get than that? It, it's a condition for salvation. In order for you to receive Jesus Christ and be saved and be a Christian, you have to confess that Jesus is Lord of your life, but you also have to believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. It's, it's, it's an important, basic, like Pastor Josh said in week one, that is a wet cement like first thing, super foundational, fundamental part of our Christian walk. And and maybe you've thought to yourself, or maybe you've had someone ask you, why is it so important that you believe Jesus was raised from the dead? Well, the, the most important reason is the Bible says that he was raised from the dead. And, and again, like we learned in week one, the, the Bible is 100% true. There's nothing in here that's not true. The, the, the important thing that we have to understand is resurrection of the dead. Jesus being raised from the dead makes him our savior. If Jesus wasn't resurrected from the dead, 
then he's like every other false prophet that came before him or that's come after him claiming to be God, but isn't God. You know, the importance of Jesus being resurrected, that means that God accepted the price that Jesus paid on the cross and the resurrection is the receipt for the price that was paid for us. That is good news. You guys should be saying amen, amen this morning in your living room. But what we want to look forward to is understanding that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And what we're understanding this morning is that's too one thing that we will experience in our life is a resurrection from the dead. And what we see here is in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, Paul's talking to the church at Corinth. And to give a little bit of context here, the, the church believes in the preaching that, that Jesus died on the cross, that Jesus was the Messiah, and they, they believe even that Jesus was raised from the dead. But what they've gone on teaching is that there's no resurrection of the dead for Christians. And so Paul's writing to them. And, and one thing I just want to say is there's a lot of scripture in today's message, which isn't a bad thing, okay? <laughs> like scripture's good, but I want you to hang with me as we read through some of the scripture. So we're going to pick up in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 12. It says, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how does some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, then we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, then we of all men are most pitiable. I want to stop right there and just say, what Paul's telling him here is, how do some among you believe that there's nothing, there's nothing after this life for us? And, and if, this is, if this life that you live on this earth is our only hope in Christ, then we are a pathetic group of people. I mean, that's essentially what he's saying here, because one thing that Paul understood is, is being a believer of Jesus, being, being a Christian doesn't necessarily mean it's all daisies and roses, right? Like, especially in this time, and maybe some of you have experienced it in your life, like, we have to say no to certain things as Christians. There's, don't get me wrong, there is a blessing of God on our life when we choose to follow him, but the Bible's also very clear that we are going to face hardships because of that. And so what Paul is saying is, if there is nothing after this life, what's all this worth? Like, what's the point of even doing it? And I love what he says here in verse 20. He says, but now Christ is risen from the dead. I, I like to think Paul was probably pretty emphatic with him at this point. And he goes, no, listen up, guys. Christ is risen from the dead. And he has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What I want you to do in your Bibles, if you're taking notes, circle, highlight, put a square around first fruits because that's a really important part of what we're going to be talking about this morning. So what he says is, by man, or I'm sorry, uh, for since by man came death, and by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all will die, and even so all, or even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ, the firstfruits, there we see firstfruits again, afterward those who are at Christ's coming. So what, what's Paul saying here is he's saying, listen, Adam made a big fat mistake in the garden. We all know about that, right? And because of that, we all receive death. But because of what Christ has done, we all have the ability for a resurrected life or a new life in Christ Jesus. This is the good news. This is, the, this is what we talk about. This is what makes being a Christian so great. And so what we need to do is we need to understand death as a Christian perspective. So if you're taking notes, what I want you to write down in this is, number one, we will never die. As a believer, we will never die. That's, 
That's good news. You can't kill a Christian. What, what did Jesus tell Martha in, in John eleven twenty three through 26? It says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, and I love this. These are the words of Jesus. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Yeah. And what a great promise that we have as believers. We will never die. And you know, as I, was, as I was going through this and reading this, one of the things that I thought about was uh, a story that I want to share with you. And, and last year, my wife's grandmother passed away. And my wife was very close to her grandmother, sweet, sweet woman. And uh, I got to know her very well uh, in the 12 years that Chris and I have been together. And uh, I remember I was at our house working at the office. And Kristen called me. She was dropping the kids off at VBS. And she said, hey, Grandma. Grandma passed away, and I said, hey, hang on, I'm coming to get you, and we're going to go out to El Reno. El Reno's where uh, her grandparents live. And so we got in the car, and we were headed out to El Reno, and, um, you know, if I'm being real with you, I was, I was dreading getting to their house, um, and primarily just from the standpoint of my, my wife just lost her sweet grandmother, who she was so close to. And you're just seeing this emotion, and you know that family's going to be there. And, and again, that's very real, and it's okay for us to experience that. But you're, and my, for me, I was just going, man, this is, this is not going to be a fun day. And part of, the pro, part of the reason why I was thinking that is I'm like, I'm, I'm going to see her grandfather who, who just lost the love of his life. And we showed up, and we were the first ones there. And I remember as we walked in the door, and, and I'm not trying to be graphic here, but when you walk in their door, their bedroom was on the left and, and her grandma was still on the floor in the bedroom. But what I remember most is when I walked in, I saw her grandfather sitting at the table and he had his Bible open. And I went over and I gave him a hug and I said, David, I love you. And I asked him how he was doing. And he just looked at me and he said, man, while I mourn and while I know I'm going to miss her tremendously, I know that she's with her Savior. I know that right now she is with her Savior, and he was in it. And I just thought to myself, man, how cool is that? Here, here this guy just lost the person he unquestionably loves more than anybody in the world. And yes, he mourns, but he understands what the writer in the Word was saying here is, listen, we're never going to die. He understood that she immediately is in the presence of God. And if you're taking notes, what I want you to write down is point number two is this. When we die our spirit immediately goes into the presence of God. Immediately. The moment you close your eyes here, you open your eyes in heaven. The moment your senses die here on earth, they fully come alive in the presence of God. This is good news. I hope you're saying amen this morning. And what I want to do is I want to look to the same passage of Scripture that David, my wife's grandfather, was looking at that, this morning, or that morning. And it's in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18. It says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or those who have passed away. Least you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by, mo by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. And the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive in God shall be, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Man, how great is that? 
You know, some people believe that when we die, our body just goes into the ground and, and we wait for Jesus to return. Or, or maybe some people that you've talked to, they believe in purgatory and a place that you'll go between here and heaven. That's just simply not the case. When we die, we immediately go into the presence of God. What did Jesus tell the, the thief on the cross that was uh, hanging next to him? He said in Luke 23, 43, Assuredly, I say to you, today, not later on down the road or not when I return, but he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Some of the best news that you need to understand is when we pass on from this earth, our spirit is immediately connected with God in heaven. Number three, if you're taking notes, and this is, this is so, so cool, is at the rapture, when Jesus comes back for his church, we all receive a transformed body. Now, this, this is something I'm super excited about. Um, not because I need this body to be transformed, because trust me, I, I feel like I'm in pretty good shape as it is, but I'm excited for what God has in store for us. Um, you know, one of the things that we have to understand is when Jesus returns, we're immediately going to be transformed for those of us that are left behind. Or I'm sorry, not left behind for those of us who haven't passed away. But what you need to understand for those who have passed away is their spirit is going to be reconnected to their body and they're going to be transformed in an instant. Now, this is when Jesus says, hey, I'm coming for my church. I'm coming to rapture the church. And those that are left behind or I keep saying left behind, not left behind, those that haven't passed away, they're going to be raptured and they're just going to immediately be transformed. And we're going to look at that here in a moment. But what you have to understand is this is a very real event that's going to take place at some time. And if I'm being honest with you, I want to be here for the rapture. I, I, I can't wait to be with Jesus. And I would rather just be there and be raptured and be taken right away. I would rather not have to die to get there. But if I do, then then we know that, 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 that the promise of God is that we're going to be resurrected at one point. But look at what it says here in Corinthians 15, 50 through 57. It says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. For behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's talking about our new glorified body that we will one day receive. Then in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, one of the great things that we have to look forward to is a resurrected body. And, and, and here's why a resurrected body is so important. I, I was actually talking to somebody about this, that, um, and they were talking about Jesus in the subject of being first fruits. Because Jesus was resurrected, that means when it said in first fruits, like we read a moment ago, that means there's going to be fruit to follow, which is us. We will one day receive a resurrected body. But they made the comment, they said, well, Jesus wasn't the first one to be raised from the dead. I mean, even Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And that is very true. Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead. But there's a difference between being raised from the dead and being resurrected. You see, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he was still raised, to he was still raised from the dead in the body that he would still one day die in. When Jesus was resurrected, which is the same type of resurrection that we will receive, we are in our eternal body. Remember at the top of the message, I said it's important for us to understand that we're eternal beings. Our bodies will be eternal, which means we won't have to work at it, which, 
which means that we'll be able to stand in the presence of God and, and worship for a thousand years and never get tired. And our voices will be better than David Terry's. David Terry's now, David Terry will probably have a really good voice in heaven as well, maybe better than ours. But what I'm saying is, is our bodies are going to be perfect. I'm probably going to have hair in heaven. Praise God. So, which, by the way, I'll say this. I wish you all were here where I could share this with you. But a couple weeks ago, Pastor Josh had me stand up if you were here. And he said that I shaved my head because I just wanted to. I wish I had a choice, but I don't, okay? My wife had taken some photos of me uh, in the swimming pool, and I saw what my hair had looked like, and I just realized it was time to let go. And some of you men out there, maybe you're hanging on. I'm telling you, it's okay. You can let go. Just shave it. It's awesome. When we get to heaven and get our resurrected body, guess what, guys? We're going to have hair again. It's going to be beautiful. So... <laughs> I say that obviously joking a little bit, but listen, I, I don't know what that's necessarily going to be like, but what I do know is what God has in store for us is going to be incredible. We, our, our resurrected body, our eternal body is going to be incredible, and that's one of the great things that we get to experience or look forward to experiencing in heaven with God. And so let's wrap this up and look at our, uh, our final uh, piece of framework here that we've looked at, and that is eternal judgment. Now, this is the one that you're probably sitting there going, oh boy, <laughs> this, is, this is probably the heavy one. And to a certain extent, it is. But one of the things that we have to understand in regards to this, to, to this fundamental principle, is just as we're all eternal beings, every single person who's ever lived has an appointment with judgment. Every single person has an appointment with judgment. And, you know, what's unique about it is the English language is a lot like other languages in the fact that you can have one word mean two totally different things. Well, in this, that's what it means with judgment. So judgment means two totally different things here. For those that are believers, your judgment is based on reward. Your judgment has to do with reward. And those that are unbelievers, unfortunately, their judgment has to do with condemnation. And so it's two totally different types of judgment. And we're going to look at that. What it, but let's look what it says here in Hebrews 9, 27 through 28. It says, and it's appointed for men to die once, but after this judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly await for him to appear a second time apart from sin and for salvation. So that's talking about what's in store for believers. And what it means there is those who eagerly wait for him, we should be eagerly waiting the return of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when you see some of the things that are happening in the world that we shouldn't put our head down, that we should actually put our head up. It says, when you see these things happening, point your head up for your redemption is drawing near. We need to be eagerly waiting for the return of Jesus because the reward that we have or the judgment that we have is a very good one. But the judgment that I want to talk about first is that which awaits those who aren't in Christ or those who um, haven't asked Jesus into their life. And if you're taking notes, this is actually the final judgment, and this judgment is called the great white throne judgment. And this is not a good judgment. This is not the judgment you want to be at. And if you're a believer, let me just, uh, let me just put you at ease. You will not be at this judgment. No believers will be at this judgment. Look at what it says in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open. What I, what I want to just show you here is this is, I want you to think about a courtroom, okay? And a judge addressing the person that's being judged. 
when they're standing before the judge, this is not an opportunity for them to plead their case. When they're standing before the judge, they're receiving sentencing. So one of the things that you have to understand is for unbelievers, there's not an opportunity for them to say, hey, but, but, but God, you know, I'm sorry. Can I, can I have a do-over? No, the, the, the ruling has already been made on behalf of where they're headed. This is, this is the sentencing part. And it says another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead and those who were in it, and death and Hades were delivered up, and the dead, were, and the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his work. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know, Pastor Josh talked about this in week one. And one of the things that I, that I find so troubling is there was, a, there was a survey that was given to Christians, of all people, a Christian survey. I think Barna was the research firm that did it. And they found that almost 60% of Christians, I want that to sink in, 60% of Christians don't believe in a literal hell and don't believe in a literal devil. And the reason why that concerns me, the, the reason why I, I have a hard time with that is because well, first off, Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. And so the first question that I would ask you is, if he's lying about hell, what makes you think he's telling the truth about heaven? Yep. But the other reason why that's so troublesome to me is we don't understand. That means a vast majority of believers don't understand the pain and the sorrow and what's in store for those that will pass on for this life, never knowing the hope of Jesus Christ. And what I want you to hear this morning Maybe, maybe you're watching this and, and maybe you're, you're teetering and you're kind of one of those that's, that's on the fence that, that hasn't maybe committed your life to the Lord. Or maybe you've got a family member. Maybe you've got a child. Maybe you've got a coworker. And I just want to ask you this question. How are you contending their walk towards the gates of hell? Are, are you making an effort? Because what this is saying here is this is the second death. And what we as Christians definitely understand and what we, can, what we can put our faith in is there's a second life for us outside of this one, and it's a life with Jesus. But just as there is a second life for us in heaven, a glorified, wonderful, wonderful place that Jesus has for us, there's a second death for those that don't believe in Jesus, and it's terrible. It, it's, it's the worst thing that you could possibly imagine. And so, again, this is the point of the message where I was saying, I hope this lights a fire in you. I, one of the things that you're understanding is what's in store for us as believers is incredible, but we need to be contending for those that we know and those that we love, and we need to be sharing this message with those that don't know Jesus because it's important, yeah. and we only have a little bit of time. Yeah. And the final judgment that I want to talk about this morning, and this is the good one, but this is the judgment seat of Christ. This is what we will be able to have as believers this is the good one. This, the reason why I wanted to end in this is this, man, this should fill you with hope. This should get you excited about what God has in store for us. Romans 14, 8 says this. It says, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So he's talking to believers here. And he's saying, we all have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is where judgment has that secondary meaning where it, in talking about reward. And so as I studied this out, really what this is talking about is the judgment seat of Christ, or you could call it the Bema seat of Christ. 
And as you studied what the Bema seat was, I want you to think back to like uh, Athens, Greece, when the Olympics first started. And what would happen is when those athletes or those Olympians would, would win first, second, or third place, what they would place them on is the Bema seat. And the Olympic judge at that point would place their first, second, or third place crown on them as they sat on this Bema seat. Now, this is a very real picture about what's in store for us. You see, one of the things that we have to understand as Christians is we are saved by grace. Like, we are saved by the grace of God and the grace of God only. What Jesus did on the cross made a way for us, and that is good news because our works are dead. Our works cannot save us. But what we're judged on is we're judged by our works for our reward that we will see in heaven. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 12. It says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, which is, like I said, that Bema seat, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Let me stop right there. What it's talking about when it says the terror of the Lord is not the, the fact that God is this terrorizing person, but what it's saying is, if you study that out, it means knowing the, that we have a reverential awe because of who God is and his power. And so it says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and I also trust well known in your consciousness. And so what this is saying here, and one of the things that we have to understand is we only have this life to please God. Yep. <laughs> Once we die and go into heaven, our time for earning a reward is over. Like this, the time, the very little time that we have on this earth, that is our opportunity to earn our reward for what's, in, for what's to come in heaven. And I look at it from this point of view is I'm in sales outside of, outside of the work I do here at the church. Uh, I have a sales job. And every year we have a national sales meeting. And uh, they reward our work from the prior year. And when we go up on stage, when you receive your reward, uh, a lot of times it comes with a plaque that, you know, if I'm being honest, doesn't mean much. But the bonus check is what you're looking forward to. <laughs> but when you receive that, you're not making a case for what you did the prior. What you did during the year prior is what you earn. What we have to understand is when we get to heaven, what we do here on this earth, what we do in this life is what we will walk into with our reward in heaven. We only have this life to earn that. And... When we, when we think about what that judgment is going to look like, it, it, it talks about this judgment in Corinthians 3, and this is the last bit of scripture I'll read this morning. But it says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, now this is where it's talking about what we do on this foundation, the foundation that God laid, or I'm sorry, the foundation that Jesus laid for us to build our reward on. It says, now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. What it's talking about there is the day that we have this judgment, the day that we approach the judgment seat of Christ. For each day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. So what we have to understand is this. Everybody that accepts Jesus Christ, everybody that sits at this judgment seat is going to heaven. And what God has in store for us in heaven is incredible. Trust me, heaven, I heard Josh make this statement or Pastor Josh make this statement a couple weeks ago. This is the closest to hell we will ever get as believers. 
What God has in store for us in heaven is going to be incredible. But what this is saying is for those that built with eternal things. And my question for you this morning is, are you living with an eternal mindset? Are you living with heaven in mind or are you just living with temporal things? Because the temporal things that it talks about is wood, hay, and straw. And at this judgment, it's going to be consumed. It'll be, there'll be nothing left. But those of us that live with an eternal perspective, those of us that build up and send a reward ahead, we'll be able to receive those rewards and what God has for us. And we're going to be able to step into heaven with a greater reward. And so what I want to do this morning as I wrap up is I want to, I want to go through two scenarios. I want you to think about the scenario of this first person, a person who has a ton of money, great wealth here on this earth. They have all the cars, all the trips, the big house. They've got all the great things that this life has to offer, but maybe they're really selfish. They don't give of their time. They don't give of their talent. They don't give of their treasure. And maybe if they do give, the condition of their heart is only to get that next big tax break. But then maybe let's say that, that they, that they receive Jesus at some point in their life, but they're still pretty selfish. Well, they're going to make it to heaven, but all that wealth and everything that they have on this earth it's going to be gone the moment they pass on into heaven. They're not going to be able to take it with them. And when they get to this judgment seat, it's going to be consumed because they lived this life with just a here and now perspective, a very temporal perspective. But let me tell you this other story, and maybe you can find yourself in this story or relate to this one. Maybe someone who doesn't have all the wealth in the world. Maybe they do well and they're getting by, but they give. They give to their local church. They serve when they're in the Starbucks line and they feel like, you know what? I need to pay for, for this person's drink behind me. I'm going to go ahead and take care of that. Or, or they, they go to the layaway at Christmas, which we see so often. And they just say, Hey, I want to pay for some of these people's gifts. Or they just tell somebody about Jesus. <laughs> I want to tell you this. If you serve in kids, I know that maybe sometimes it seems like when you're wiping the snot off that kid's nose, <laughs> or maybe you're changing the kiddo's diaper, or maybe you're feeding them a cup of of uh, Cheez-Its and water or whatever it is. Maybe it doesn't seem significant, but let me tell you, you're building an eternal perspective. You have an eternal perspective. What you're doing there is sending treasure ahead. And what we have to understand is this, that's for us to live. Now, here's what I want you to understand. We're all gonna do very temporal things. Like We can't go through the life that we live here and not do things that are temporary. But my question to you is, are you living with an eternal perspective? Are you living understanding that we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus, that we need to give to those that are less fortunate, that we need to understand that God has a reward for us and we have only this time to earn it. We have only this time to earn it. I just want you to imagine the difference between those two. And I want you to, here, here's, here's, what I, here's what I was thinking about in this. My wife asked me this question. I was telling her about this and she said, if you were to pass away today, God forbid, but if you were to pass away today with the life that you've lived, would you be happy with the reward that you would receive at the judgment seat of Christ? And I think that's an important question for us to ask. And if I'm being real with you, yes, I would. I would be happy with what I received because thank God that I understood, that I've understood this for a long time. And my hope for you is this, understand this principle understand that we have an eternity that's awaiting us and understand that it's important for us to think about this. If you could, I'd like for you to go ahead and, and bow your head this morning. Lord, we thank you. 
Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we can, we can look at things like resurrection of the dead and we can look at things that, like eternal judgment and we don't have to be in fear. We don't have to live fearful of that, Lord, but we can actually be very hopeful and very excited for what's to come for, for us because of what you did. And Lord, I thank you so much for your word and I thank you for what you've given us. And if you would, I'd ask that you remain in an attitude of prayer this morning. I just have a question for you. Is are you prepared? Are you prepared for what's in store? Are you prepared for the resurrection of the dead? Are you prepared for the judgment that you will face? And maybe you are. Maybe, maybe you've heard this message and, and maybe you, you found yourself as, as one of those people that maybe you live a little bit more of a selfish life. And I just want to encourage you this morning that as we pray, that you would pray and ask the Lord to change your heart, that he would change your perspective. And so, Father, I just thank you for those that are watching this, Lord, that have recognized, Lord, the need for you, that have recognized the need to live a life for eternity. And so, Father, I just pray right now that you would change their hearts. Lord, I pray that you would give them eternity to focus on, Lord, that they would understand it, Lord, that they would hold on to it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And for those of you that maybe you're watching this message and you say, you know, I've never asked Jesus into my life. I've never, I've never made the decision. I've never confessed, like it said in Romans, with my mouth that Jesus is Lord of my life. And I've never believed in my heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. Well, what I want to do this morning is give you an opportunity to do that. And it's a very simple prayer that we pray. And I just ask everybody that's watching this, if you could pray this with us this morning. But what I want you to understand is when you believe this in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, something incredible takes place. You are transformed and you become a child of, or you become a child of God that will be living in eternity with the Lord. So if you would repeat this after me, say, dear God, thank you for your son, Jesus. I recognize the need for him in my life. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I recognize Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for salvation. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, church, I just want to say this. If, you were the first, if this is the first time that you've ever said that prayer, I want to say that I am so excited for you. I would like for you, if maybe you said that for the first time, to shoot a quick email at info at newsongpeople.com. And what we'll do is we will make sure that we get some stuff over to you so that we can help you take the next steps into your walk with Jesus. And I want to say, church, thank you for joining us online. I am so excited to see you all next week. We love you. We're praying for you. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.